0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Tattersall, and it is wonderful to be chatting with you again. Now, before we start today's show, we want to let you know that on Thursday, March eleventh we are launching Women in Pop Live, a monthly series of live events at Oxford Art Factory in Sydney, promoting the best female talent in the country. Our first show will be headlined by the wonderful Amalia with support from equally amazing Marshes. The show is COVID safe and there will be two seatings at 6pm and at 9pm. It is going to be gorgeous, intimate night of incredible music and tickets are on sale now from womeninpop.com forward slash live. Tickets are extremely limited so do get in now before it's too late. Now, on to today's show. Our guest is one of the true greats of the Australian music scene today. She won the X Factor in 2013, pulled a gargantuan second place uh, prize ribbon at Eurovision Song Contest in 2016, and every single album she has released has shot into the top ten. She sings, she writes, she's a genius on the piano, plus she is one of the loveliest people you will ever meet. She has just released her new single, Lonely Cactus, and will very soon be back on stage again as she tours across New South Wales. It is, of course, the fantastic Darmy M. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Women in Pop, Darmy. Thank you, thanks for having me. My God, always a pleasure. Now, I want to dive straight into Lonely Cactus, Um, a song with an addictive hook and a smile that just keeps on going. So I'm just (laughs) going to play that now. This is Lonely Cactus. Amazing song. I'm dancing. We danced. Can you explain to me how this song creatively came together?
1: Well, so it was in the middle of 2020 and I had a lot of time at home, like many of us. And I became very, very obsessed with cacti. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song with the word cactus in it. Um, that's going to be the next single. Well, you know, I I didn't know if it was going to work out, but I wanted to try that. And I started to yeah get ideas
0: about this cactus song. And that's basically how it started. <laughs> Has that ever been, because that can almost come as a blocker for you, I imagine, when you're songwriting to go, I'm going to make a song about cacti. As opposed to just letting a song come out of emotion. Sure. I like the challenge that you went. I'm going to get this cacti and I'm going to make it a song.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I think there's different ways to uh, make a song. I guess right. Like some people just sit and jam out some melody and then trying to put lyrics on it. For me, I, you know, I've done it different ways, but usually it's like, it helps when I have a general. Story or a theme that I'm thinking of and then I try and kind of sing whatever comes to me while thinking about this particular theme. So I think that was the case with the cactus. I was like, you know, I, I go, I, I play the piano and I go, you know, like just come up with sort of random lines and it was this line going, I'm a lonely cactus, don't want to be alone. Uh, don't want to hurt you, like something like that. And it, it had, I had this basic idea uh, about how I'm this, yeah, I'm a lonely cactus. I guess I, I was feeling pretty lonely at the time. I'm like, I want to socialize more. Meet up with more friends. I need, you know, I need to be a social human being. And then at the same time, I didn't like people. Like, I I like being by myself, and I get annoyed by you know if i spend too much time with others around me so that 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 was the idea of this cactus thing right prickly cactus so i took this idea to my co-writers over zoom because covid you know zoom writing session and then we changed the words from i'm a lonely cactus to you're a lonely cactus and the rest is history. <laughs>
0: beautiful. And I love this idea and this uh, this point that you made about taking an object or a theme um, and just running with it. And see, I guess, the imagery that comes up to you from something as a cactus. I mean, obviously, your, uh, your last release, beautiful paper dragons. Like, <laughs> again, the same kind of thing. And you had this object. And it gives the listener, it, it gives them a chance to make it their own as well while at the Mm -hmm. same time being a song that's very personal to you?
1: Yeah, I I just want my songs to have titles that are really memorable. And I think it's because I have a bad memory. Like if it was more of a kind of generic title like Love or I don't know, everything sounds generic to me unless it's got that real picturesque kind of I don't know. How would you describe like a paper dragon, lonely cactus like when when It's visual. Yeah, something very visual then I go oh yeah, I I I like that, you know? <laughs> but if it's something a little more abstract and uh, then
0: I go what you know, was that I song we did about love and the, but then we can go the dragon one the dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly that's beautiful um it, it really is so delicious to hear you singing and songwriting and both lonely cactus and paper dragon indicate I feel a new direction that you're taking as a songwriter and as an artist um as a, beautiful confidence in there as well and I know that you've mentioned that you've struggled with anxiety with regards to your songwriting in the past um, perhaps down to the fact that your initial four studio albums um, were largely made up of covers mm. and so maybe because you weren't given a chance do you think mm. you you thought oh maybe I shouldn't do this like where did you where have you found your voice recently mm,
1: I think it's both the the years of experience I, I needed to have more experience um, finding that confidence to write I guess and also circumstance because yeah when I released my second album that was an originals album and then after that the record label at the time wanted me to do covers because it's I guess it's they thought it was easier to market and to sell. So, uh, you know, I didn't really have a choice to say, "Oh, I want to do my own songs." I was sort of like, "All right, well, that's I guess that's what I got to do um, if I want to, you know, if I don't want to go to war with them." So I did that uh, for a couple of albums, but yeah, I knew, you know, I needed to get back to my own music and my songs. And I guess the time came after those two albums once, you know, I left the left the label and I found my voice, I found my confidence to then go, okay, I'm really going to do this. And even in that circumstance where I was free to do whatever I like to do, like it took a lot of effort and time and, you know, yes, yeah, strength to then have have the confidence to do it do go with my own songs and be like okay this is
0: good enough and i can do this more than good enough absolutely more now i want to shift the tone just a little bit and pull it down okay. a touch um i'm going to play now uh crying underwater which is a song very much from the heart we'll just play that now
1: swimming upstream like i'm trapped in this ocean, trying to find my way back home Tell me about the origins of this song. So I wrote this song with a friend of mine who also was my MD, musical director, on tour in 2019 and 2017, whatever. And we were just sitting down and talking about something that had happened to all of us, um, which was we, we had a mutual friend who who was suffering from depression and he he didn't make it right he took his own life and yeah I wasn't I didn't know this person that well to be honest like I sort of he was an acquaintance but when that happened nobody really knew what was going on like we didn't know he was suffering like he just seemed fine and yeah, he was really friendly, happy, like no one knew. So then we just we it, we were just talking about, you know, how hard it is maybe like, you know, I guess even more for men to talk about their emotions, right? And they're just supposed to look like they have no emotions, everything's fine. And not just men, I guess. For all of us we end up putting on these masks and pretending Like we're fine, but inside a lot of us are suffering and we're crying. And so that's how we started to write this song. It's like we're crying underwater because if you're crying underwater, you can't tell if somebody is crying or not. So we really wanted to talk about that, how I think nowadays, like a lot of people might be suffering this way silently because of maybe social media, you know, where you're meant to look like everything's going so great or you've you just flick through and everyone seems to be doing really good except yourself. You know, you fall into that trap, even though that's so not true, right? Like I post great pictures and like, you yeah, but I'm not like I'm not feeling great all the time. Like, that's like, you know, it's obvious when it's yourself, but for others it just seems like they're, they're doing so great. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we decided to write a song about it and hoping that, you know, it might make other
0: people feel seen and maybe less alone in that way. It was quite, um, I mean, straight out of the gate um, from leaving your label and, you know, coming out as songwriter, like, that was that was a big a big song and a big personal song and I imagine even your own anxiety surrounding releasing something so personal I mean how was that was that just one of those pulling off a band-aid things for you like if I'm going to do it we're going to go straight in and and deal with the meat of emotion Mm.
1: (laughs) the meat yes well yeah I felt like previous to that I was always you know expected to hide those negative emotions away and I don't know I felt like I needed to just do songs that are uplifting and you know positive and inspiring and you know we can do this yeah whereas I've, I've always felt like that's not really the you know it's not the only way to make someone feel better by singing songs of hope like because you know I'd rather be somebody who's honest with the different spectrum of emotions that I feel as a normal human being. You know, sometimes there are brilliant days, sometimes there are, you know, less uh, amazing days where you just feel really low or you have really low self-esteem. I I just want to be somebody who's able to express those subtler emotions as well in song. And I think, yeah, the really good songwriters – do that it's not just like sad or happy it's like oh somewhere in between you're feeling like a mix of emotions and they're just able to just describe that perfectly in in music
0: absolutely and when anyone is feeling bad the worst thing they want is someone going cheer up the world is amazing right right (laughs) like you can do this get up yeah like shut up (laughs) <laughs> just sing at me just i mean on that note everybody has that song they put on when they're just feeling like absolute crap and they just want to lay in the bath and have a pity party mm. oh, what yeah. is that song for you
1: mm. what's that song for me i definitely not my own <laughs> songs <I'm like> <laughs> that on would be weird no <laughs> i don't do that i listen to k-pop as well because i'm originally from korea and k-pop songs some of them are just so depressing like i think korean people love uh feeling dramatic and sad and be like oh like this is the end of my life like and and people love to indulge in that sadness and i think i'm a bit like that as well so yeah, K-pop is my sad sadness
0: song. The melodrama of K-pop, I <laughs> yes. love that. There's a really beautiful visual that goes with that as well. Um, with regards to your backstory, I mean, you're a pianist and also a flautist and a bit of a hand on the violin. Out of all of those three, which is the one that you think best conveys human emotion? Oh, that's... That could be very controversial.
1: <laughs> well, Which I mean, one do you turn I, to? Of course it's, it's got to be the piano because you can, you know, it's my first instrument. I feel very at home just playing. I don't even have to think about it. Um, and also you can play and sing and do other things with it. I guess violin and flute, it's kind of hard to do anything else but play. But but with the piano, yeah, it's that's where... I write most of my songs and, yeah, it's just – I feel really comfortable behind a piano. I'm almost hiding behind it as well.
0: Mm. It gives you a bit of a prop. Yeah. Um, With regards to your songwriting, what was that initial spark that made you want to do it or made you, made you want to perform? Like where did that desire to make your own music come from?
1: I I started writing – like random stuff since I don't know since I was like in year 7 or something but not like pop songs or anything I actually drew on a staff like on a piece of paper like drawing notes on it and playing like making up flute pieces or you know I was that nerdy kid like violin lines and making etudes and exercises and whatever so that's how it started and then Right. I did write songs, but they were just terrible. Like, you'd, I don't even want to talk about that That kind of terrible. And then when I was in year 12 or year, year 11, my I had a friend who was uh, producing music, right, and he was uploading music to some kind of online platform. And he... Uh, he asked me to come in and do demos for him. So I think that's where I sort of got that, you know, felt that excitement of actually creating pop songs that you could just play around with some idea and make your own song that you want to listen to rather than, you know, like looking for the song to listen to. You can make one. I was like, that's really, really cool. And, um, yeah, that Friends become a really great, uh, you know, prominent, music producer in japan so that's that's pretty cool and then yeah now i'm in music so that was i guess the very very beginnings of my songwriting
0: That's incredible. And I also uh, like that notion um, about the accessibility of music. I was actually going to ask you, um, how do you feel technology has changed music and its accessibility, Mm. both for the listener and for the artist?
1: Oh, my gosh, hugely. You know, like, I mean, you look at, like, Billie Eilish or someone. She, her and her brother just made the whole album, like, Grammy-winning album in their bedroom. I mean... It's crazy how, you know, anyone can make it really if they have the passion and the talent. There's no barriers to it, no excuses. Um, it's incredible. I, I, and I think that's what makes it so interesting because anyone can make it. It could be so different or, you know, whatever you choose to do with it, like it's possible. So that's really cool. Um, and, yeah, it also on the listener level, you can be somebody from you know like far away in Iceland or something and we would still like it's the same as listening to an Australian artist like it's on the internet and you just stream it so for Australian artists I guess it's such a great time and an opportunity to be you know discovered globally like
0: there's no limits to that anymore beautiful there's a real ownership to it as well isn't it like i heard this link and sending it around and it's a different vibe entirely um now i know that your mother was an opera singer Mm -hmm. which is amazing um and i caught a brief duet of the two of you singing (laughs) on television which i just loved um but i'm just going to play marching on now which was inspired by the strong and resilient women in your life so this is marching on So, this one was inspired by the strong and resilient mm-hmm. women. I'm imagining mom and grandma's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they impact your life and the trajectory that you then took to land where you are today? Mm. How was that support network of strong women?
1: Well, you know, my mom. Uh, she came to Australia. She brought me and my younger brother to Australia in 1998. So she was, she would have been, I don't know, oh gosh, 30s, still like in her 30s or early 40s. Which now I think about it, it's like that's super young to be going to a completely new country where she doesn't speak the language she doesn't she oh she had her brother-in-law here but it's like she doesn't know anybody and she has to raise her children send them to school and do all all of this those things it you know it would have been terrifying but when I look back she was so strong she just kept going kept marching on and that's what the song is about you know it wasn't because she knew everything or she was this superwoman she was just you know a a human being like me or anybody else but she just kept going she thought about her children she you know loved her family and even though it would have been so difficult for her she just kept going and didn't give up and I think that is real strength you know and because she brought us here I've had all the wonderful opportunities of growing up in Australia and being able to pursue my passions in music and you know she was a an opera singer in Korea and in Australia she did try a little bit but it it, you know while raising us and not being able to speak English fluently, like it was very limiting for her, but um, yeah, like you said i I got to sing with her at my concert one year, and we got to sing on national television together, you know, and those moments make me feel really emotional, and it you know she was very emotional as well, just thinking about how you know all those years she had to sort of give up on her dreams but through her child she's able to come come back and you know showcase her passion and her dreams on you know on on a bigger scale and I was just so so
0: grateful that, that that that's happened what an amazing thing to do and you could totally see it you two together on stage there was just a oh it was really really incredible to watch We've spoken before um, about the, um, your misrepresentation mm-hmm. that you came from the X Factor. Um, there was a comment you made that you were labelled old and mumsy because you <laughs> were married when you arrived. Um, and you recently called out um, a tabloid magazine from a couple of years ago on the baby plans comment. I just wanted to know, With regards to all that, I mean, you can't help what people do with the idea of you and your image when you're coming on as a public figure, but you've managed to kind of shake free and speak your mind. (laughs) How has that been for you?
1: Honestly, I think when, you know, people don't necessarily realise when somebody becomes famous, you know, because I became well-known through a TV show, right, and people think what they see is the real you whatever that is and whatever they see in the magazines like oh yeah she she said that so you know like that picture of you you know whatever the magazine portrays of you is what people take in and they people people believe it you know obviously like they're not going to spend hours trying to figure out if it's real or not but for me at the time, I had no idea that these magazines would, you know, try and ask questions and trying to get answers from me so that they could twist it in such a way to portray me in the way to sell their magazines. So I guess if they talk about babies, that's that sells, apparently. And, yeah, I, at the time I was just mortified because... I don't know, I, I I was afraid of being seen that way already. I I wanted to be, you know, a, a girl in her twenties pursuing her dreams, not this mumsy, you know, wife who's just like always thinking about when to have uh twenty babies, you know, that kind of Feeling and yeah, and then and then media made it me into that person, and that's I mean, I don't know, I, I felt it, felt that that was what was happening, and I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't talk about it in interviews or anything for this long until like the other day <laughs> recently. Because then, if you talk about it, that becomes another headline like Dami and baby. You know, like I didn't want that. And so that was really you know, something that I had to just keep inside of me. But I guess now after I've talked about it, um yeah, it, it, it's good to be able to you know, express like h- how it was for me um even though I feel like that's like 8 years too late, but <laughs> at least at least I've stated my truth and i can just move on
0: beautiful and i know i mean we sort of talked about this um before you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't oh yeah and i know that um (laughs) you know your fans get behind you and you've spoken before about the fact that you're Never make a video where you're dressed too revealing or anything like that. And so then someone used that quote, like, see, Dammy thinks women that do are all sluts. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, no, I didn't mean that. Dammy wants to do it too. So <laughs> I can understand why you go, I just won't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, it,
1: it, yeah, sometimes the best thing is to not say anything because then you. They can't misquote you, but it's also frustrating.
0: That's what the royal family do. And they're still going, so go. <laughs> that's true. Dami, um, I know we've got some amazing music coming out, and there's some tour. Is there just the hints of an album on the way as well? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. working on an album. Can you talk about that? Or give um, us the theme? Give us the well.
1: I guess the songs that I've been releasing since you know, crying underwater onwards, it's kind of that's the direction it's all heading in, where, yeah, I, I think I like music that's easy to listen to, but um has some kind of depth and sort of pushing the boundaries in terms of like this message and the, you know, uh you know, sonically. Pushing it, but without going too far, that it's like isolating everybody, and I'm the only one enjoying it, kind of thing. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Um, So, I'm still working on that and trying to keep a good balance of music where it's fun, but still a little bit of, you know, something interesting and challenging, but um, still accessible, hopefully.
0: Still accessible. (laughs) I like that. And last but not least, what is on, like, what's coming up for you? Um, I have my solo tour coming
1: up. I have Adelaide Festival coming up, Blues Fest coming up uh, in April and, yeah, hopefully more shows.
0: Amazing. Dami, thank you so much for being on the show today. It is always a pleasure chatting with you. Listeners, the latest single from Dami Im, Lonely Cactus, is out now. Get out there and buy it and stream it wherever you consume your music. Plus, she is back on the stage and performing across New South Wales in March. Tickets are on sale now at DamiIm.com forward slash tour. And finally, please do not forget Women in Pop Live. Our series of live events kicks off on Thursday, March 11 at Oxford Art Factory with performances from Amalia and Marshes. Tickets are also on sale now for that at WomenInPop.com forward slash live. Thank you for listening. It has been wonderful to be back with you. And we have more episodes coming soon. But until then, from myself and Dami, goodbye. Goodbye.